0: and he hits it, brilliant
1: goal! Aaron Gunnarsson to Guilty Sigurdsson, what
0: a turn from
1: Guilty Sigurdsson! Johan Berg-Gudmundsson, and here's Aidegud Jansson! No, oh, can you believe it? Sigurdsson waits himself and scores spectacularly! For another team! For team!
0: Welcome to the Iceland World Cup podcast. We are here mulling over Iceland's elimination from the World Cup. We didn't quite reach our goal getting uh, past the group stages as we or the players thought that they could and and wanted to. But I think that's all right. I don't know. How are you feeling? You
1: know, I'm not I'm not really down about it at all. I I think uh, we we gave them a good game against Croatia there, and uh, and I think we can just be proud of our of our boys, you know?
0: Yeah, we've had a couple of days to mull over the result, and also seeing the other results in other groups, uh, other big teams not going through, not that Iceland's a big team, but, you know, Germany, for example. So I think we can say that we're as good as Germany, maybe. I think that's the positive we can take out of this. And now, uh, you know, Messi and Ronaldo have both been knocked out of the tournament. Spain, also. So lots of big teams are, are out, so it's not like we've left the party way too early. And we we got to play with them, so we're definitely happy and proud of our team. Uh, the team flew home uh, right after the game. Do you, do you want to talk about the game, Croatia game? Yeah, for sure. Well, Croatia obviously rested a lot of players, which we, we discussed in the preview it could be a benefit or a hindrance. It was kind of either or, really, in in that in the game itself, the way that it played out. Now we can talk about the whole tournament. How Ahmed Halfrsson didn't play against the Nigeria or in the Nigeria game. But he came back into the team against Croatia and was again the best player in the team. I think the best player in the tournament for Iceland. And it was a real mistake by Heyman not to play him against Nigeria. And I, again, I was so. I've gone through the whole range of emotions over the last couple of days uh, after the Nigeria game and now after the Croatia game. You know, uh, what are the ranges? You know, anger, bargaining, frustration, crying, all that shit. I mean, not crying, but maybe internal tears. And it just annoys me how we didn't take that Nigeria game seriously. How we just fought for the Ar- for the Argentina result, and then just thought that the Nigeria game would be a given afterwards. That kind of annoys me. But on the other hand, you know, there's a lot of positives to take from the tournament. We got our first point ever at the World Cup. At a World Cup, got a great result against Argentina, and uh, got to play on the biggest stage. So definitely a really fun experience, and we're not we're not we're not sad about it. The the, the team uh, flew home right after the tournament. They they were mainly saying they were disappointed but proud, and then they went off to their various vacations. I think a good good group of them went to Miami. I think Gilvear's in the Bahamas. I saw a couple of them downtown last night, uh, partying. So some of them are in Iceland, but there was no parade. There was n- nothing like that, uh, which I understand. You know, people were not angry or anything, but they were just you know it, it, there wasn't exactly a parade atmosphere like there was after the Euros.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I'm not totally convinced that it's fair to say that um, the Nigeria game, that we we didn't take it seriously. I I, I really don't believe that Hamir, you know, was only focusing on Argentina and then just did something. I'm I'm sure that he spent many, many months... Then why didn't he play Emil? I think he obviously thought that the 4-4-2 without Emil was our best chance of winning the game. I mean, I'm sure you can say that that was a mistake. But
0: a 4-4-2 against a three-man... Uh, defense and then a three man midfield this is not a good idea and we got overran and sure he i'm sure he meant well but i'm not and i'm not going to blame Hamid. Hey HeyMid's obviously uh, a lovely guy he came back to Iceland and went straight to referee a youth league game so he's definitely uh you would think i mean it kind of <laughs> looked like it was kind of just, you know, for show to make himself look good. But no, that's just how Hamid is. He's a nice guy and of course he's going to go referee at a youth tournament in his his village. Of course he's going to do that. That's just the kind of guy he is. So we're not blaming anyone. Um, We're going to try to be positive, right? And I think the future is bright for the Icelandic team. But having said that, uh, a couple players have retired. Including, very kind of disappointingly, our center back pair. They've decided to retire... I mean Kauri obviously is 35, maybe not surprised, but Ragnarsson is 31, 32 and he, I think uh he's pretty much said that he's going to retire, although who knows how that'll end. That's definitely something we need to work on now. Find some center backs to start, but th- this classic Lars Larback team seems to be uh going away a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's really surprising with uh, Ragnar. I think one of the things that he's thinking about is, is he he really wants to focus on club football. He, he wants to be able to say, I'm not gonna be distracted by the national team. I can give you guys hundred percent so he can, you know, spend the next or well, the last few years of his career really, you know, giving everything he has got for a for a for a club.
0: But the thing is with yeah. these players, and this was especially too, uh, true with Colbet Sigtoson, who who didn't go to the World Cup, but they play so much better. Other than maybe Guilve. They play so much better for the national team than they do for their clubs. Not that maybe they don't play better, but, you know, they're on bigger a bigger stage, and yeah, they raise the game, and as a team, they perform way better than they're doing with their club teams. So, I don't think that's necessarily right, that he should be trying to focus on his club game. I think he should continue this good journey that he's on right now. But that's obviously his choice, and it, I don't think it's 100% official, but it, 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 it they were pretty much saying it.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting, you know, thinking about what is it exactly that makes these players be able to perform at this level with their country, but not you know, with their clubs? Is, motivation. Is it, is it, yeah, is it mental? Is it just how the coach sets up?
0: It's motivation. Like, yeah. Kolbe Siglasson, I remember Ajax fans just hated him and were always talking shit about him. But he would score and score and score for Iceland and was just a, a great striker. He probably just didn't try as hard for Ajax. He probably, you know, had a different type of motivation. Plus, the Iceland team to his strengths. But I think that is a big factor, factor. And there's fewer players that seem to be able to translate their Iceland form over to their club team. Gilbisir would be one who can clearly do that. Maybe Alfred Fimbo has been doing good at that. And sure, you know, there's a lot of good players, but I think sticking with this Iceland team is what would be best for their careers and legacies, I would probably think. But uh, so we're out of the tournament. Um, yeah, I don't know. I-, I wasn't particularly sad. I I, I had expected it kind of. You know, I gave us a 15% chance of going through after that Nigeria result. and But the game was really suspenseful, I mean. So, uh, you know, we had both games on at once, and Argentina takes the lead. And then that me- would mean that we would need to win 1-0 as well to-, to go through. Nigeria equalizes with some bullshit penalty that was never a penalty. And then Marcus Rojo scores in like the 86 to win the game 2-1. So they did their job. What we had to do is do our job. But we went 1-0 down. Kielbysiak was equalised with a penalty. That's great that he scored at a World Cup. That's great for him. And then we had 10 minutes to score one more goal to bring us through. Heyman went 3 at the back. We went all out. We hit the post or crossbar. Uh, And it was really suspenseful. And then in the 90th, they scored on the counter to beat us 2-1. But we were in it all the way to the end. So I can't blame them for their passion in that game. And, And they definitely gave it all and showed us again after that disappointing Nigeria result. They showed again, you know, and gave us even more reason to be proud of them. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, Eamon Haldarsson, as I said, delivered Pirke Pjatna. I think he, like, broke his nose in the third minute or something and just played the whole game with a broken nose. That's pretty crazy. I was happy to see that. Uh real, real Viking warrior there. I wish he would get all the million Instagram followers that Urik has because uh, I think he epitomizes Icelandic football a lot more than... Uh, Uh, Rudik, the uh, internet model and uh, yeah who by the way, uh, do you know his most recent Instagram uh, follower update? No. no, I don't know, I was asking you, but I think he's definitely over a million, which is crazy because he had 40,000. Wow, there's a lot of people watching the World (laughs) Cup. That's crazy. So if anyone won anything from the tournament, I guess he can now do hashtag ad or something and sell some stuff if he needs to. He'll he'll be good for the rest of his career, so that's great for him. Um... (laughs) There's also a big question in the next two weeks. Hamid is going to decide his future. He hasn't you know, said he's going to stay. He hasn't said he's going to go. He's probably turned on his phone now because uh, he said at the tournament his phone was off and he wasn't thinking about it. He's probably talking to his agents and uh, agents like he has agents. He might have one agent. It's not like he's the most down-to-earth guy, I'm sure. Well, maybe he has. I don't know. But he wants to try club football for sure. He wants to go to England or Germany or you know some of the big leagues. Do you think he's getting any offers? Are there any teams that need coaches right now?
1: It's um, it's difficult to say, you know, hey, mid, it's it's difficult to gauge really how, you know, is the success of Iceland really down to him being a quality boss? Is it just us parking the bus and being really structured and organized? Well, no, that's a good point. Or is it just yeah. us live back, you know? Yeah.
0: So that's, I mean, he's getting obviously all this credit, this Icelandic dentist guy that, you know, is just amazing and he's coaching us. And that's great. He deserves that. He's a super nice guy. But Lars Lauer created this team and he took over. He was, you know, Lars's Padawan for so long. He was the assistant coach and then he was the joint head coach. And then he took over the team. So we, I haven't heard any discussion at this World Cup from, you know, media about Lars Larback, And I think that's really unfortunate. He definitely deserves so much credit for the way this team is performing and the whole team itself. And I think there's a couple things. First of all, when we were at the Euros with Lars, we went into the tournament playing 4-4-2 every game. We knew what we were doing. And I've we've talked about before, if it's better... To have many formations that you can jump from or if it's better to have just your one concrete formation that you play and teams know you're going to play it, but your players also know you're going to play it. They know what their role is in that team and all that. I think most people would say it's better to know your formation and just have that and stick to it. Uh, that's what we did the Euros and that's what Lars instilled in the team. That's not what we did here. There was a little more, um, there seemed to be a little less professionalism in the team than there was when Lars was there. Uh, whether that had an effect, I think maybe a little bit. If Lars had been coaching us at the World Cup, I think we would have gone out of the group, personally. I think Lars is a better coach than Heyman, I guess that's what I'm saying. Um, so let's not raise Heyman's profile too much and then he'll go to a club and kind of flounder. Uh, if that's a word or if that's a fish, I'm not sure. But But I think he does deserve the chance and I think he will, if he gets offers, he will go. And then that's a whole other discussion if we'll get a, a different coach. But there's no one disappointed with him. The FA wants to keep him. The Icelandic people are not, you know, after the Euros, there was this feeling that we were so proud of our team. We were so proud of their accomplishments, and, and everyone was just beaming with pride. That's um, not quite how it is now in Iceland. Um, I mean, we did only get one point in our group. But, you know, there's positives. We, it was our first ever point in a World Cup. We'll definitely be back at the next one. Uh that's the goal and it's going to be an expanded World Cup so uh, Iceland will get to play in Qatar if that happens and what I also take away is how much harder the World Cup is than the Euros you may be, uh, it's maybe an obvious thing to say but you think it's just a tournament it's a group stage and and, and you go through or or you don't but I mean, the World Cup is the world, and they definitely know how to play football. I mean, these South American teams and African teams are, you know, super good, and it's way harder than the Euros, is my point. So we made it out of the group of the Euros. We didn't do it this time, but I don't think that's a step backwards. I think, you know, I I don't think we can really judge whether it's a step backwards because... The, the competition was so much more difficult and the level of the players they were playing against was so much higher. And if you think Iceland raises its raise their level for big teams and big games, uh, think about how, you know, Nigeria does and, and you know, Colombia or whatever. So everyone knows that everyone's watching and it's obviously the dream of every footballer to play at the World Cup, not the Euros or the Copa America or the African Cup of Nations. That's not what they think about. They think about the World Cup and this was the stage. And in the end, it was, just, it was great to be able to participate. So... No one is uh is butthurt, and now we're just enjoying the rest of the World Cup, which is awesome. This is a World Cup full of beautiful goals and uh, upsets. I think if you want to support another team, I guess you should support Russia. Didn't they knock out Spain? Yeah, yeah. So are they like the new, uh, It's I believe, the biggest country in the world, landmass-wise?
1: Oh Yeah, for sure. Russia is... Just- Absolutely so
0: immersive. maybe a little bit of a contrast to Iceland, but they are they still do have a little bit of an underdog thing going for them. So uh, maybe we should be supporting them. Well, they're in the round of eight at least.
1: Well, I'm personally supporting Belgium. You know, I, I'm supporting my, my boy Hazard and, and Bacciwi and Courtois. You and...
0: <laughs> Batois, you, ch- you can't say Lukaku. Is it? Are you still too butthurt about that? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. You know. Lukaku, you um, you've been supporting Belgium the whole tournament. Like before, when Iceland was still in the tournament, you were supporting Belgium. You really gonna say this on the Iceland World Cup <laughs> podcast?
1: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying anything about that. Nah. <laughs> Cannot uh, confirm. Can you,
0: I yeah, you've been caught in a lie, you bastard. But no, it's. I, I was actually. I I chose Spain to win before the tournament started. I thought, you know, I don't know why. I had some reasons to think that, but they got knocked out by Russia. It's interesting that that uh, teams like Spain just didn't seem to be potent enough. And uh, and, um, and then Argentina and Portugal are kind of one-player teams, kind of. I mean, I don't know w- what Argentina is. It's not even a one-player team. Did Messi even want to be at this tournament? I think, you know, he would have rather played for Iceland if he had gotten to choose. So I don't know what to say about them. Um, but teams that, you know, y- you-, you can say that, okay, Ronaldo's going to score, Messi's going to score. The goals are going to come from that outlet they aren't really doing too hot so that's why i think a team like belgium where you can see goals coming from a you know a myriad of players in that attack and especially a team like france which has you know five players in that attack that can score and you, you would believe it i think those teams are the ones that are going to go far because, and, and I guess you could say similar thing about England, um, although just my luck, they'll be knocked out, you know, tomorrow or something, but I think, yeah, players that only have that one striker that's supposed to score all the goals or one attacking player that's supposed to do everything seem to be struggling in this tournament. I would say Spain's kind of the opposite of that rule, so maybe this is just bullshit, but they have so many talisman players, but no, but no, uh, but maybe no, like, Ronaldo to tap the ball in. I guess they have Costa, but, you know. He's hot and cold.
1: Yeah, Spain. You know, I watched the game today, and and it really seemed like they just they just didn't have any you know any sting or any.
0: Mm-hmm. They,
1: they never really threatened. They. I mean, first of all, they didn't. The goal that they got wasn't even scored by one of their players. You know, they were just yeah. passing the ball. You know, sideways the entire yeah. game. They love really, possession. Yeah, and you need to be a bit more pragmatic, I think, and just get at the goal. Now we
0: here just, at the Iceland World Cup podcast don't like possession. That's why we support Iceland who have like 25% of the ball on average in every game that they play. That's so low. (laughs) That's so low. Because, and it's kind of annoying because I think, you know, it's hard to, because you look at the field and you say these are 11 players and maybe you look at Iceland and you don't know who these players are and you're like, okay, they're just playing against them. But, I mean, they're playing against some of the best players in the world and these Icelandic players, you know, are not as good and, 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 we should realize that they are playing way above their ability, you know, just being there. And, and when you watch a football game, you, it, it, kinda, it doesn't necessarily look like, you know, the Eastern players are, have way less quality or something. But just think about how hard they are have to work, those Iceland players, against these like, a, a quality team like Croatia. How hard they're working and how they're just, you know, really doing their best. And sometimes, you know, it's not enough. And and how these the teams that we're playing against and especially in the Argentina game and, and the Croatia, how they're kind they're not they're kinda of, they're maybe playing to like eighty five percent of their ability, while the Iceland players are playing to hundred and ten percent of their ability and and still might not come out on top. So we can't forget that that fact and uh and I guess that's even more respect to the Iceland players to be able to do that.
1: You know, before we start talking about, you know, they're not getting to, out of the group and maybe being disappointed about that. I should just remember, Iceland is the smallest country ever to play at the World Cup. Getting there was absolutely amazing to begin with. You know,
0: We won the group uh, against uh, Croatia, uh, Turkey, Ukraine. And yeah, definitely the smallest country ever uh, by far. I think the second smallest is Trinidad and Tobago at three million. So yeah, I mean, that's obviously something that people have regurgitated that fact, you know, again and again, but it, it does you know, it is worth repeating now that, now that we're out of the tournament, that the team in no way put themselves to shame or or brought, you know, shame on our nation. Not that they would ever do that. But they didn't get trounced 5-6-0. And I remember, and like Kaori was talking about before the Argentina game, that, you know, the the thought process that goes into going into a game like that where they know I mean they could get trounced. They could get five and six zero against them. I mean, they should get five and six zero maybe against them. And that's kind of an extra stress, an extra level of preparation that they need to do to try to avoid that. And but but the players are aware. They know this. They know what they're going up against. I mean, these are professional athletes that play in, you know, European football. They know these other players and how good good teams can be so the fact that we didn't get trounced in any game we were in every game i, w- I would say for sure in every game uh, up until the 90th and then kind of you know nigeria up until late in the second half w- it was a little more luck we could have easily gotten out of the group so we definitely are not going to be too disappointed I obviously went through the whole stages of grief and the anger stage was uh, it's good that we didn't do a podcast right when I was so angry about us. You know, obviously I've talked about and you disagree with the whole uh, going to the Nigeria game with this crazy cocky attitude that does never suit us. We are the underdogs. We should always be the underdogs. And also just angry at the players. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about the personal lives of the players. And I I was just pissed off at some of them, you know, for various reasons. And, And I mean, even yesterday, seeing them downtown, you know, drunk off their asses, or some of them, you know, <coughs> Albert Cummins. Um, But no, he was fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I also saw Hannes. Hannes was uh, looking good and uh, respectable. I didn't want to bother him. They all had, well, they didn't have too many people around them. Although Albert had, like, a good amount of women hanging onto him. Um, but, <laughs> but that was pretty funny. Yeah, I don't know. You forget that football players are maybe not the people you should. I mean, from a footballing perspective, you can look up to them. But from a people perspective, you should choose maybe different role models because these guys are just, you know, they're footballers. And if if, if you know how footballers are, especially in Iceland, uh, they're maybe not the... Not, not that they're not the nicest people, but they're not all good people in, in every way. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, professional athletes, for the most part, aren't, aren't very good role models. They're usually... Yeah, people who have had tremendous success very early in their lives, and that you know goes to your head. I mean, obviously a lot of them are very commendable and and respectable and and do great things in in, in people the like Gilve and Hannes. These and, are super nice guys. And outside of sports, you know, but a lot of them great athletes, and all of that, but not necessarily good role models.
0: Yeah. So that's why I was in my anger phase, was very angry, and uh, I was just, this team can go to hell or something. But that only lasted about half a day, and now I'm back to being proud of them and their accomplishments, and I think we all should be. I think they, uh, especially in that first game, you know, brought great heart, and in the last game as well. And I think everyone who watched, and uh, maybe new fans that the Iceland team got during the World Cup, I think they'll all be happy with the performance. And super proud. But now it's just uh, the rest of the World Cup. So who do you think is going to win? You say Belgium? Yep. No, I I absolutely am supporting Belgium. I love
1: Eden Hazard watching him play and everything. And (laughs) I'd love to see him go and take the entire Cup.
0: Yeah, I'll say... uh, It's difficult. Difficult. Because I had Spain and now I don't know who to choose. Thing is, and I was talking about teams that have a lot of goals in them from different players. Brazil also have that. But I usually always support France at every World Cup. So I'm going to say France... I'm going to go buy an Mbappe jersey. I love that guy uh, with his gazelle legs striding down the field. He's so fast. It's ridiculous. It's great to watch. Uh, But yeah, uh, even though Iceland's out, we can still enjoy the World Cup. We can still have the passion that we have for Iceland for other teams. I mean, that's a passion you find within you. There's There's no one saying that you can't have that for anything in life, you know. And our passion in the end is for football. So, choosing another team to support is not difficult, and uh, I'm going to go out and buy that jersey, and we'll talk about Iceland when they start their Euro, or, or when they try to qualify for the Euros. I guess that's when we'll think about Iceland again. Although, no, we'll think about them in the next couple of weeks, and especially uh, if Heymith decides to leave. That'll be a whole discussion, and that'll be fun. But for the most part, we're just going to enjoy the rest of the World Cup, and especially now that, because we were at the World Cup, it... Uh, it'll have a different meaning for us and it's going to be a great one to watch you know i it's been the world cup of a lot of upsets so i have no idea what's going to happen um but me and gunnar are going to make a bet i'm saying france you're saying belgium uh we'll see they might meet in the semis i think
1: let's say if i win you buy me a eden hazard belgium jersey if I, if you win or france win you know i'll buy you an mbappe france jersey i
0: i don't see you paying out on this this bet but no yeah i, I like the idea we should do that. But yeah, I hope you guys have enjoyed the Iceland World Cup podcast. I hope no one is too down that Iceland is out of the tournament. You know, we got our inve- adventure. We got everything we wanted out of it. And honestly, you know, if we'd gotten out of the group stages, we would have just met France and been destroyed like last time at the Euros. So in the end, it's fine. We got a point against Messi. We're super proud of the team, super happy with the players. And... Are going to enjoy the rest of the World Cup. So that's it for the episode. Thanks for listening. Until next time, goodbye. And he hits it. Brilliant goal. Aaron Gunnison to Guilty
1: Sigurdsson. What a turn from Guilty Sigurdsson. Johan Berg-Gudmundsson. And here's Ida No, oh, Can you believe it? Sigurdsson wins himself and scores spectacularly. Team! For little team!